Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey Life Church, so glad you joined us again today. We are in a series called Wake Up the House, and we want to wake up our house to be beyond blessed. What do I mean by by saying our house needs to be beyond blessed? You are beyond blessed when you become a blessing to others. Your blessing doesn't end with you. It starts with you. In Genesis 12 verse 2, it says the following, and this is God speaking to Abraham. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you shall be a blessing. This is God speaking to Abraham saying, Abraham, my desire, my plan is to bless you. I want to bless you, Abraham, but not just for the purpose of blessing you, because I want you to be a blessing. That is what it means to live a life that is beyond blessed. The blessing doesn't end with you. God blesses us because he loves us, yes, but he also blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. Now this week, because at our church, it's Family Sunday, we will focus on what it means to be and to have a beyond blessed family. How do I get a family that is beyond blessed? Now, like you, I pray for my family. I pray for my family's protection. I pray for provision, for safety. I pray for my kids' future, for my home future. I also pray that, that God, I want my family not just to be a great family, that it's not just, oh, I've got such a great family, we live in such a great home, but I want my family to make a difference in other families' lives. I, I, I pray that. I pray that my family will influence other homes. I, I want my family to bless and to be a blessing to other families. It's a desire and a passion of mine. I want my family to be, be so that, that other families want to spend time with us be, because there's something that they get when we are together, because they feel like it's good for them. My kids, my kids, I want my kids to, to be a positive influence and an anchor for other kids. I want my kids not just to, to play church but I want them to actually be fun and moral. I want them to be generous and kind and encouraging and inclusive. I want them to help those in need in their peer group, but also to be involved in this world and in this life, not to be excluded in a bubble simply because they are a Christian. I want them to be in the world and not of it. I want them to be a light in the darkness. And I'm praying for that because that's what it means to me, for my family to be a family that is beyond blessed. Every single one of us, all of us, we are making a difference in other people's lives. Jesus attracted everyone to him except the religious leaders. That is what I feel a beyond blessed family is like. I feel a beyond blessed family is we attract everyone because we so into them whenever they are with us. That's a beyond blessed family. Your family is a river that God's blessing is flowing through. And that is my desire and my passion for my home, my family, but also for my church family. Now, 
None of us. I've never met a person who wants to build a family that people regret being a part of. I don't think anybody ever entered into becoming a family saying, you know, I want, to, I want this family to be the worst family ever. But unfortunately, many adults are trying to get over their childhood and, and their upbringing and their, their past experiences of in their home. We should aspire to raise our kids in such a way that they don't have to get over us first. When you raise your children right, you give them the advantage that maybe you did not have when you were a child. You might not come from a beyond blessed family. Many of us don't. But you might be the spark for the rest of your family and for the future, for your family and for your home. I hear people say often, uh, you hear the statement, uh, I come from a five-generation Christian home, five-generational Christian home. And I go, yes, that's amazing. It's amazing to see how that faith has transferred from one generation to the next. But what I hope to hear from some of you is I come from a first-generation Christian home, which means you are the spark. You are the one that made the decision to have a family that is beyond blessed, and it can't be beyond blessed without God. We want to be a generational church who raises up generational Christians. But that means for you as the leader of your home, your fruit, your lifestyle choices have to match up with your confessions because kids know how to spot a fake. And my goal for today is to encourage every single one of you, all of you parents, all of you desiring who wants to have a family in the future, all of you that have a family right now, go for being a beyond blessed family. Don't just settle for what you have right now. Well, we're blessed. I want you to be beyond blessed, where you influence other people for the goodness of the kingdom. Go for leaving a blessed legacy for generations to come. Now, in Matthew 7, Jesus teaches this amazing parable. Um, and, and we're going to learn from this. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and it beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. And then verse 26, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Jesus says, a wise person listens and responds to what he hears. He builds his house on the rock. A foolish person ignores his words. And great was the fall. I hope today that you will hear the word that God is speaking to you. That you will listen and respond to it. So, so let's look at two, two promises in this scripture that Jesus gives us. Things that we can depend upon. Know that they will be there. The first one, he says, there will be 
serious difficulties in life. And, and as families and as homes, we know we go through them and at different levels, but there will be serious difficulties in life. So here's the thing. We have two families. We have the rock family and the sand family. The rock family and the sand family have this in common. Rain, floods, winds, and storms. It hits both families. Hashtag struggles. There will be struggles in your life. Understand in this life, the reason that you need a sure foundation, Jesus tells us to have a sure foundation, something solid to turn to, to depend on, to look to when you don't know what to do, is because there will be difficulties and struggles in this life and in your home. Now a question, why would anyone build an expensive home without a foundation? To build a home without a foundation means you are simply, it's like if you don't put down the foundation, it's like someone who is rejecting reality, who's rejecting knowledge and wisdom and experience and responsibility. It's like someone thinking that, you know, nobody else knows what they are doing. The question is, where will you turn when the house starts shaking? Because it's going to fall. To build your home, your house, your family. Now get this, it's the same as the home. Without a foundation, we know that that person who does that is extremely ignorant, sometimes arrogant or presumptuous, and they are separated from reality. Because struggles will come. And the question again is, when those struggles come, what are you anchored to? See, in the natural we go, you are not wise to build your house that way, without a foundation or on sand. You are not wise to build your house that way. But we do it in our families. And for some other reason, there's not a lot of people who question that. We build our homes with our children in it on no foundation. Question, why would a person not build his life, his family, his marriage, his career on a sure foundation? And I think, and the sure foundation for us is God's word. That's what we depend upon. It's unchanging. It gives us the incredible principles for life. And the reason I think many people don't build their life on a sure foundation is because they have rejected spiritual reality. Some of you listening today, you don't think it's real. What does it mean? What does it mean to reject spiritual reality? It means the same way we know that things will come against your home in the natural. In the same way we know that there is an enemy that's after your life, after your family, we know that there's an enemy that's after your home and your marriage and your children. And that enemy is a spiritual enemy and many people don't believe that. But please hear me. There is an enemy. And the enemy has a plan. And his plan is to kill, steal, and destroy you and everything that you love and everything that you've built. That is his plan and his desire for you. His plans 
are predictable. It's almost like a scary movie. We look at scary movies and we go, this is so predictable. Why would you walk into the attic when you hear the noise that sounds like a chainsaw and all you have to defend yourself with is a lamp that you grabbed by the door? We know you are going to get killed. This is so predictable. But I would also turn that question to us. The enemy is so predictable. His plans are predictable. We know his plans are bad. It's predictable. And yet we go down to that attic with nothing but a lamp. Our savings, our savings account, our abilities, our wisdom, our views. This is how I will fight the enemy. My opinions will defeat him. And I want you to know, this is real people. People are walking into the attic unprepared and ignorant with no foundation in their life. Where the enemy is waiting for them. And as men and women and husbands and wives, as parents, we are walking in there with our loved ones in our hands, almost delivering them over because we haven't anchored them to anything that has substance. Now, I know this is a harsh word and a hard word to hear, but if you don't believe it, you are not living in reality. You are the person building his home on the sand. And the only way to, to, to survive those attacks on your marriage and on your family and on your children and on your life is by building your life on God's word. That is our sure foundation. So number one, difficulties will come to every home. Number two, principle that we learn from this is, the second promise is security and success to those who obey God's word. He promised that it will work out. He promises us grace and mercy is going to hunt us down for the rest of our lives. In Ephesians 6 verse 10, it says the following, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the vials of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, you will still stand to stand. See, when we built our life or when we build our life, our lives on God's word, we do not have to be worried about the enemy anymore. Why? Because you are building on a sure foundation. The winds, the, the rain, the storms, they can come. It's okay if they come. Why? Because your house will stand. It's God's promise. And part of that promise is, is that you can put on God's armor. God's armor is part of our sure foundation. Some of you don't believe this. And you won't come out and say this 
you might, you're probably listening, you might be listening now. Some of you, um, when we're in church on Sunday, I know people hearing this, many people don't believe this. But it's there in the back of your mind. You, you won't tell me that, but it's in the back of the mind. And, and some of you are tuning me out, tuning out to what I'm saying. But listen, it is actually in the enemy's best interest that you don't believe me. It's in his best, best interest that you don't believe what I am saying right now. He is counting on you just sitting there ignoring me. He is hoping and he is rooting for you to just write this off as, yes, I was at church on Sunday. It was one of those Sundays where he spoke about an enemy, but I don't really pay any attention to that. Here's the news. He's coming for you. What are you anchored to? Now, the good news is you can make him ineffective in all his attempts. You can. Do you know whom he cannot devour? Those who are living their lives, building their families, building their homes on God's word. You, sir, madam, person listening, you are undevourable. The enemy's got nothing against you. Believe in God's word and that, it, and that his word is everlasting and an unchanging truth. Believe in that. Believe that Jesus is God. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is always good. When we believe in that, we make the enemy's attempts on our lives simply ineffective. The problem is many Christians desire a custom-built Christianity. We are building our homes on a foundation, but I want to customize the foundation uh, for my personal, kind of my personal way of how I feel about it. Um, we want to take what we want from the word. Believe what we want. I'm going to cherry pick what I want to believe. Use what I want from the word. Reject what I feel. I don't feel like that. Forget what I want to forget about what I just heard on Sunday and think I am a Christian in spite of all my customization. And then what happens is you get angry with God when things fall or when they come down. And the reality is you did not build on a sure foundation. You built on a customized personal opinion foundation and that will not withstand the attacks of our enemy. You are setting yourself up and you are setting your family up and your home up for a great fall. People, I know this, people love sand because they can shape it. Any way they want, they can build sand castles. They can make snow angels. They can do whatever they want with sand because it's constantly changing. It changes. It's like society. It's opinions, culture, cultural directions. It's constantly changing. Information is constantly changing. It's God's word that remains the same. You can change sand and customize it, but you can't shape the rock or customize the rock. The rock shapes you. If you go lie on a rock that has some wrinkles on it and some shapes on it, you won't change the rock into your image. The rock will change you into its image. The rock, listen, 
It's not easy or popular, but when difficulty hits, the rock is the most peaceful and most powerful place to be on this earth. Not just when difficulty hits, but when good things hit, because of goodness and mercy that's chasing you down, when they hit, you enjoy them without guilt and without shame. When a healthy family hits you, you enjoy it when it's a healthy marriage. When a healthy marriage hits you, you enjoy your marriage. When, when healthy finances hit you, you enjoy it because you know its lasting foundation is built on the rock. And it's at that place where you become a family, when you are at that place where you have built your home on the rock, where all these good things from God, God's blessing starts pouring over your life. It's at that place where you become a family that is beyond blessed because you start seeing it. And with humility, you thank God for it. So, so four quick things about how to build a beyond blessed family where the blessing doesn't just end with you. It starts with you. Number one, you have to surrender your life to Jesus. Number one, parents listening, husbands, wives, moms, dad, you have to surrender your life to Jesus. In a godly family, we depend on God's word for our decisions, for our directions, and for our actions. If you are a dominant person or parent and you dominate your family, you are causing Jesus not to have the role he should have in your life and in your family because everyone is scared to speak up against you because they're scared they're going to be yelled at. Jesus needs to lead you with your conversations and your relationships and how you parent. He's supposed to be the leader for you. Surrendering means, if you're going to surrender your life, means I'm going to lift up my hands and I'm going to say, I give up on my ways. I will follow yours, even when I don't understand your ways. That is what it means to surrender your life to Jesus. Parenting, we do not parent by fear. We parent by love. Even if you were raised in a home that was parented that way, you are setting up a new legacy where love is the foundation in your home. That does not mean we don't discipline and that there is no consequence, but the goal of discipline and consequence then becomes life. The head of our home is Jesus and he leads us and he has led me many times to go and apologize to my kids and to make sure that our relationship is based in love and not in fear. There should not be fear in your home. Your kids should not fear you for any reason. Number two, be willing to do hard and unpopular things that God teaches us to do. To be a family that's beyond blessed, we must be willing to do hard and unpopular things. Now, most people who build their homes on the sand believe, believe in God. Many people that I know believe in God, but they just don't want to build on the rock because it's harder. It takes longer. It takes effort. The sand is just so much easier. It's so much easier to do things the way that everybody else is doing it. 
Kids will just be kids. What can I do? I want to be their friend. I don't want to be their parent. No, you are called to be their parent first. But if you do not parent them correctly and you just let them go, that's not showing your love for them. But if you do parent and love like the word instructs us, your relationship with your kids will be even better than what you could have imagined. And it will spill over, over to others. You become a beyond blessed home because people look at your relationship and they go, we want that. Be willing to do hard and unpopular things that God teaches us to do. Now I know, I know it's hard to stay in a marriage when everybody around you is getting divorced. I know it's hard when you lose your job, but believing and trusting God as your source and allowing your children to see it, to see your sure foundation proven. I know it's hard to serve and, and even to maybe cook a meal for someone when you are tired, to go and deliver it to them because they are in need. But if you do those things, your kids will learn from you and you are building a legacy beyond blessed generational home. Number three, think about the next generation. It says in Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children, children, but the wealth of sinners is stored up for the righteous. So let me ask you this question. I asked this a few years ago. Are your children going to have to recover from you? Do they have to first recover from you in order to move forward? If we had an interview with your kids and they have the freedom to speak honestly, what do your kids have to say about you and your life's choices? The way you treat their mom and dad or your siblings or the way they treat money, the way they treat alcohol, their character, your character, your integrity, your generosity, your serving, your kindness, your forgiveness, your humility. Are you always just about you? Is life just about you? Or will their answer be about you the following? My mom and dad, our parents, wow, we love them. We respect them. They are consistent in their love for us, but also for others, for friends and strangers. Their words, they are kind and encouraging. Their yes is yes, and their no is no. They desire and follow God first. They are so generous with their finances. They are generous with their time and with them, themselves. They serve people with their home. Their home is always open and anyone is welcome and loved. They live the life that we hear about on Sundays. Man, if I can hear my kids say this, what an honor it would be. I want to be like them. They point me to Jesus. What I also hope they will say is, I can see it's good to be like them. I just don't want to be like them because, man, they're suffering. I can see it's good. I want that also. 
Do you realize everything we do are affecting our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren? What will your future generations say about you? Will you be the reason they have a firm foundation? You can be. And number four, our last one. Keep your family committed to fellowship, to church. Make it a priority. A Bible teaching, God-loving, people-loving church where they can, can see your commitment to your relationship with God and with others and with those who do not know Jesus. Do not just be seasonal. Remember, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Show them where your treasure is. You can have a home that's beyond best. It's never too late. I know some of our pasts have set us up not for success, but it's never too late. All it takes is a decision. A decision where, where you are saying, I am going to make the living word of God the foundation of our home. And we will do things His way. I pray this for your home. I pray this for Life Church. I pray this for my own home. I want to be a home that's beyond blessed. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word and for your instruction to us as parents, for our homes. And Father, we desire to reflect you in everything that we do. We want to be a river that you flow through with your blessing, that we can touch other people's lives with your goodness and your kindness and your mercy and your grace and your provision. We don't want to be a reservoir, Lord. We don't want to store it up just for ourselves, but we want to make a difference in other people's lives. I'm thankful, Father, that we get to hear your word. And I pray that every person who hears this word will be like the wise man who's going to build his house on the rock. I pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. We love you and thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.